98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Lou. Last uh, NFL season, we did it once a week. Uh, we are out here at State Farm Stadium, too, by the way, getting ready for Cardinals practice in about two hours. There's more movement on the field. But, Wolf, we did this. We did Fulcrum football a lot of times on a Friday going into the weekend. Okay, which players, and it could have been on the Cardinals roster or their opponent's roster. It wasn't, hey, who are the best players? It's not a fantasy football draft. It's it's which players are most likely to swing things, okay? Yes. This week we're going to do it leading into that first preseason game. Just which players are you keeping the closest eye on this week, whether it's in training camp? or on Friday, so it can be anybody on the Cardinals roster. Uh, you know, some guys are, are more likely to play on Friday. Some guys have more to prove this week, so um, so here we go. I like that. All right. Oh, oh look, you won. I won. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> look That's at that. synergy We right both there could now. read that coin the uh, same that's way. beautiful. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, this is an easy one for me. Uh, I'm going to go with Isaiah Simmons. That's oh. number one. Okay, you went with Isaiah went Simmons. Went with Isaiah Simmons. Let me check him off. My clear number Should one. Should have been at the top of your list. My clear number one was Zayvon Collins. I'm sorry. Right now, here we go. 25 Basinonians, 25 on your roster, number one in your heart. When it comes to the Arizona Cardinals defense and how this defense is going to be this year, I'm looking right at Zayvon Collins. Yeah, your, your pick may be... Um, you know, more pivotal, I guess, over the course of the season. But as far as this week, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Zayvon Collins. That would have been my other pick. Isaiah Simmons, you can just watch where he lines up before every play. Just find where number nine is. Like, that is a, a second game before the play even starts. Every play on Friday that he's in, and even out here at camp if you're out here watching. One of the coolest things that I saw, once again, Isaiah Simmons, a great pick, Luke. I'm not ripping you at all for going with Isaiah Simmons. One of the things on Saturday with the red-white practice, there was a Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins once again together playing inside linebacker. And guess when they did that? They did that first and ten. They did it. They did it in second and nine. They did it in third and eight. They did it in all different down and distances with different personnel packages. I was standing and applauding on the sideline. Oh, that was you. That was applauding. Yes, okay, I was applauding, good. watching that right there. I love what I'm seeing. Yeah, they're going to move Isaiah Simmons around. No doubt about that. But he's got to have a home. He's got to have a home. You can always go home. You can always go home. All right, so I've gone with Simmons. You've gone with Zayvon Collins. You know what, Wolf? I'm going to go with the guy we're going to talk to here in about an hour. I'm going to go with Marco Wilson. Boy, Marco Wilson, I had him down there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go right now because I love this dude, ladies and Are gentlemen. Are you going to take the guy I almost took just to spite you? No, okay. I, I, I love this guy right here. His name is Will Hernandez, based on audience. The right guard, Will Hernandez, the squarest dude the Arizona Cardinals have, by the way. <laughs> this guy, I kid you not, he is, he does, he's more refrigerator than the fridge was. He is a square how much, dude how, when you how, look at him. How much did refrigerator Perry weigh? 
He weighed 385 pounds okay, when so he first came into the league. I kid you not. At all 385 like pounds? pounds more than Will Hernandez. Oh, that landed on me one game, and his gut just wrapped right around my helmet. <laughs> his entire gut was on my face. I kid you not. What a, what a way to start the week. And 85 pounds. Why did you start with that? Okay, why didn't you bring up the fridge? Okay, Will Hernandez is my fulcrum football player just because he's so eye candy. When it comes to actually hitting people and you're going to start playing games and that's going to happen on Friday, I don't care if he gets three reps in that game. Somebody's going down. You watch. I don't disagree with that pick, and I I don't think I have to explain my Marco Wilson pick too much other than a lot of the season rides on how he develops over yeah, the next few weeks. So. No doubt. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? My next pick, I am going to do this just to be spiteful, and I don't know why because you've been pretty nice today, but I'm going to go with Trey McBride. Oh, let's go! I, I really, I mean, they, they talked last week because we haven't seen him on the field very much. But Cliff talked last week about how he wants to make sure he's ready for that game on Friday. So I'm guessing we're going to get to see him in that game on Friday. Boy, I cannot wait for that right there. You know why? Because Trey McBride is not afraid. Have you noticed that with Trey McBride at all? Have you noticed the fact when Trey McBride needs to come off the ball and hit somebody right in the face? He's not afraid to do it. Now, maybe it's because his lower body is like the Hulk. I have no idea what is going on with Trey McBride. But from the waist down, he is. He's green, man. He comes off the ball. I'll tell you that much. Sticks his face right into the face. Okay, Trey McBride, I love your pick right there. I'm so I know go. it's a good pick is when you talk <laughs> my pick up. I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go Eno Benjamin. Oh, Eno Benjamin. We, yes. We might I, have the first ever Fulcrum football trade. Yes. <laughs> I realize that Eno Benjamin is not somebody you're looking at. You're thinking, man, the Arizona Cardinals offense is going to rise and fall on Eno Benjamin. I understand. That may be. Look, James Conner might have is to for really, a few weeks. really good. James Conner is really good. Daryl Williams, really, really good. I love the running back room for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's because of how Eno Benjamin is playing. And you listen to the coaches. Ooh, the whispers are many about Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin, my fourth Fulcrum football player. Uh, yeah, I want to see him get some run on Friday, too. I'm trying to think that we've, we've got six players deep, players you're most interested in following this week specifically. If you're a Cardinals fan driving around right now and you're screaming a name at your radio that we haven't picked, I think it's this guy. I'm, I'm going to go with Rondale Moore. Hey! Rondale Moore, there was, there was conversation with uh, with Cliff over the weekend where he, he said flat out, I don't think Rondale was totally happy with how I used him last year, and, and only Cliff, of all NFL head coaches, would say this, he probably has some reason to feel that way, he said. Uh, Rondell Moore, we've talked about him in the sense that if he doesn't have a breakout year, that doesn't sink the Cardinals, but if he does have a breakout year, that really vaults this offense to another level. All right, you thought you were going to, you know, Rondell Moore, you thought you were going to trump me. I thought so, yeah. Everybody's screaming at the radio, how about this? Marquise Hollywood Brown, baby. How about that? I'll up the ante. You want to go wide receiver, Luke? I'll go to Hollywood Brown. Boy, it'd be nice to see to see Hollywood, Hollywood. <laughs> at some point in time to see Hollywood Brown. Hey, Kyler Murray. There's a real good chance we're going to see Kyler Murray practice today. Wouldn't that be nice? I'd be real nice if Marquise Brown was out there practicing as well. You could make a case that the player 
we all want to watch most this week is Hollywood Brown. That maybe should have been the first pick. The problem is you can't ever watch him because he's not on the field. So yes. hopefully he is out there this week or and starting today, really. All right, we got time for one more pick each. You know what, Wolf? I'm just going to take the other corner, too. I'll go with Byron Murphy. Okay, I'm now going. You have no secondary. Okay, Byron Murphy. I'm going back to Marquise Hollywood Brown. I'm going back to Marquise Hollywood Brown. Are you kidding me, Luke? We could see this today. It could be today. Scary is on the wall. Right? Is scary. That, is that you calling for Allison Chains? Yes. Okay. Scary is on his way. Marquise, right. Hollywood Brown. Change the offense, baby. Even when you don't get the ball, change it. So to recap, I went Isaiah Simmons, Marco Wilson, Trey McBride, Rondale Moore, Byron Murphy. You went Zaven Collins, Will Hernandez, Eno Benjamin, Marquise Brown, and Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that's what I did. I wanted a double dog. You went with the same player twice. I wanted twice. to make a point. But he does have two different names. All right, that was Fulcrum Football. When we come back, underdogs or favorites? How do you like your Phoenix Suns? We'll discuss that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Welcome back to State Farm Stadium. Obviously, a lot of football today since we are sitting in a football stadium. But uh, we'll be out here, what, through Wednesday, and then there's really no point in being here on Thursday, Wolf, because the team's getting ready to go to Cincinnati on Friday. That's right. As a matter of fact, they're leaving on Thursday. Uh, I'll be on that plane as well. Flying to Cincinnati. Up and down. Here we go. Bada bing, bada boom. A Friday night game. That made it sound like you were the one flying the plane. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, we wow. are. Well, that's pretty good right there. We are. We're on to Cincinnati. Yes, we are, Bill. Thank you. So we're going to switch gears right now, though, over to basketball. ESPN put out their NBA offseason grades, and um, I know you're a big fan of the grade system, Wolf, especially when it comes to the offseason. <laughs> i got to say, too, producer Wolf was in full effect. Like, Why? you sent out your pre-show email yesterday before I even could sit down to do mine. Yes. And I, it was like chapter one, chapter, like, it was a, that was a comprehensive email. Well, I appreciate that, Luke. Thank you very much. Very well done. My other emails aren't so comprehensive. Is that what you're <laughs> no, saying? saying like, I see. That was like, the, I looked at it, I was like, I don't even have to do show prep. Wolf just did all of it for everybody. It's kind of like people that say to you, can I be honest? Can I, I mean, what are you, <laughs> no. what, what are you telling me <laughs> that you, every other time you, you have never been honest? honest? I mean, right? Can I try people something new that? and be honest with you? Yeah, just Basinonians right now, Who, if you're listening right now, especially my young crunk brothers, never say, can I, you know... Can I be honest? <laughs> okay, so what? You're not honest? The other... You get what I'm saying. So I've been lying to you for the last nine years. Can I be honest yeah, now? Right. Okay, okay yeah. good. So, um, yes, one of the, you can. Yeah, bring some content here. Logan. Well, one of the things that uh, w- you threw into your email was this NBA offseason grades, but I, I liked your, your angle on it of, do you like your sons? Do you like them to be the underdogs, or do you like them to be favorites? Because their offseason grade for the Suns is a C plus. Now, does it really mean anything? No, not when the season starts. But we've seen the Suns drop pretty, you know, significantly yeah. in, in the offseason odds to win the title. Um, you see a grade like this, C plus from ESPN. You see a lot of like low, like B minus, C plus from pretty much everybody. They're kind of off the radar. Yeah. So it is an interesting question. If you're a Suns fan, would you rather go into the season? Hey, we should be the favorites. We won sixty four games, or one of the favorites. 
We won 64 games. We went to the finals two years ago. Or would you rather kind of be flying under the radar? No doubt about it. For me right now, you know what my answer is. I do is know be. what your I answer is. I want my back to the wall. I want to be an underdog. You lowly scumbag. You can't win anything. I mean, I, I honestly love the narrative that is surrounding this team right now and you know what it is after what happened last year okay go back two years ago the nba finals and there they were they won two games the first two games suddenly everyone was saying oh the Suns are going to be champions they lost the next four games and now all of a sudden we know what happened last year with the 64 victories of course the number one seed overall and then we all know how that ended tragically at least it felt that way to a lot of Suns fans. So the narrative surrounding the Suns right now is not good. It isn't. If you listen to it, I mean, a C-plus for the offseason right there, they're basically running it back. That's what they're doing. And they're getting a C-plus. Yeah. And I don't know what else you, you could have done this offseason. There's some things. I would like. I keep saying, and I'm going to keep saying it until they go out and get one, I would like a guard that I feel confident if, if Chris Paul, if you need to limit his minutes or if he's hurt or if he's sick or whatever, you can slide this guy in. And I don't expect him to be Chris Paul, but I expect you to be able to, to feel confident enough that you slide him in. There are pieces they could add. But I just, that, a C-plus grade makes it look like you're saying, oh, they should have done this and this and this. They were trying to get to rant. That's it. But it is it is honestly right now, it is kicked into overdrive in regard to the narrative surrounding Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Yes. It is kicking into overdrive. And what is that narrative that has been there around Chris Paul for his entire career? Boy. You know what it is. And Luke, it was on display for all to see. Now, again, you could talk about what Chris Paul wasn't healthy, he wasn't right. But that's well, the narrative. That's been part of the narrative yeah. with Chris Paul, especially in the postseason as well. I, I, I love the fact that CP3's back is to the wall. I love it. I love it that nobody's really looking at the Suns. Are you kidding me? The Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic. They, Nobody's looking at the sun saying, oh, man, they got a real chance to win the championship like they were doing and saying last year. I'm looking to see if they gave anybody an A because the Suns got like a C plus, Oklahoma City a B, Pelicans a B, and they gave one team an A. And now that I see it, Wolf, it makes sense because one team just completely fleeced another team in a trade. Utah's the only team that got an A for yeah. this offseason. Although I would say, even though they, they made that ridiculous trade that I think killed all other trades in the NBA because it was so over the top what they were able to get for Rudy Gobert they haven't traded Donovan Mitchell yet so yeah. like I would almost give them an incomplete. Yeah, because, A minus. Yeah, what do you, that's right. A minus. A minus. Get Luke. your A out of here. You get an A minus. What do you think of I this? Just once again, I is I think it's a former player. I just want to say this quickly. I think of it. Nobody's giving the Suns real respect here. Not now. Nobody's not giving the Suns. No way. It's not happening. And yet you got some hardcore veterans, some guys inside that locker room right now who know that better than anybody else. Even Devin Booker, even Book, with the whispers surrounding Book and what happened with Devin Booker. And why couldn't he take over that game when the Suns in game six and then game seven? What? What is How about Devin Booker Such a weird and his game. play, right? I, I'm just saying. And you know the whispers are out there as well. I love that. 
Let's go, Buck. Yeah, you got your back on that, man. You just you brought it up. I mean, if you think of of just the swag that Devin Booker usually plays basketball with, and how well everything was going for him on the court, off the court last year, the fact that he looked lost in Game yes. Seven that honestly yes. felt like the Twilight Zone. Yes, you can lose the game, but that yes. was the moment where you looked at Devin Booker and Devin Booker looked overwhelmed, and we're all like, "Wait, what? Yes. What is going on here?" Yes, and it's the reason why it is the number one reason why. It wasn't Chris Paul. It's the number one reason why I looked at it and said, what in the world happened to their culture? What happened? It just unraveled before our very eyes because of how deep Book was playing, right? Listen, Book right now, this is the one guy. I love his demeanor. I love the dude that he is. I love the person that he is. It's the man that makes D Book the guy that he is. And it's the reason why I'm so hopeful for this season because I love it. You stick an eye, metaphorically speaking, into Devin Booker, look out. This was, uh, to me, the most interesting line, though, from their write-up on the Suns. They said, uh, the Suns were fortunate Aiton's deal wasn't more player-friendly, containing no player option or trade bonus. Still, the way Phoenix handled Aiton's free agency could have long-term ramifications. What do you think of that, that last sentence there? He's right. It could have long-term ramifications. Yeah. No, I know he's right. but I, I, Either way, I, good or bad. I he's think he's right. only saying it as bad. And, and I know that, and I love that. It, DA, what do you say about that, DeAndre Ayton? What do you say about that? You know what? There are still guys that are going to continue to rip you, DA. There's still guys who are going to continue to believe you're not the guy. What are you going to do about it, DA? Man, you got a great opportunity in front of you, DeAndre Ayton. You got a great opportunity. What are you going to do about it? I think DA has got the mentality where, um, okay, maybe you've got to beat him down a little bit before he gets it. And maybe all of a sudden you have to show him a little bit of love. Coaches would do this all the time. If you showed him a little bit of love, now all of a sudden he'd run through walls for you and for a coach that is out there it's called coaching hard it's what they would do they would coach you hard they would they would challenge you and all of a sudden you'd run through that wall and they would challenge you again and you'd run through that wall and then all of a sudden they'd give you a little sugar and that would just make you do it a hundred times over maybe da needs a little sugar do you think 133 got, million dollars would count and that's what he okay. got that's a lot of sugar he got a lot of sugar and maybe we're going to see a different DA because of it. Uh, the other thing with the Suns, too, as we're having this conversation, I know it's only been a week, but, like, do we get any sort of update on Jay Crowder? <laughs> Jay Crowder sends out a, a tweet last week that basically says, I'm ready to move on. That's that's what that tweet said. We can sit here, and if he stays oh, with yes. this team, he'll be like, well, you know, he was tired of eating Italian food every night, and he was talking about something else. No, no. He sent that out. That sure sounded like, okay, maybe it's time for a change, and I'm ready to leave. And now we haven't heard anything. We keep hearing these big things with the Suns in the yes. offseason, and then nothing happens. Well, it's because he wanted to grow. I mean, that's what Jay Crowder said he wanted to grow. He did. You know, he made it listened. sound like that might not be here. Exactly. That's right. He wanted to grow. And, yeah, you know what, honestly, I'm not worried about Jay Crowder. I really am not. The guy is a pro. I respect him greatly. 
but he is a mercenary through and through. I've always known that about Jay Crowder. This guy is a mercenary, and there's nothing wrong with being a mercenary when you play a sport at the highest level we can generate. There's nothing wrong. If, In fact, I would say that should be your mentality. Go out and make as much money as you possibly can to support your family. Can I get an amen on that, my brothers? Because whatever you do, whatever your hand finds to do right now, okay, maybe it's not playing in the NBA. Maybe it's being a plumber. Maybe it's working on air conditioners and heating units. Whatever it may be, man, do it as hard as you possibly can to support your family. Especially if you're working on the air conditioners, because I'm pretty sure you're, you're keeping our city going. If, if you're somebody no that doubt. works on air conditioners, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, coming up next, Wolf. You promised to be nice to the next guest. Do you know who the next guest is? Um, I think so. Okay. Paul Calvisi will join us next. Yeah. Right, you, get your squeegee jokes ready. <laughs> Paul Calvisi next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Everyone's excited about this year, especially on offense. We got the tools to be a really good offense. It's the start of a special journey. This group we have staff-wise, player-wise, it'll never be the same again. You want to make it count and, and make sure uh, we all put our best foot forward. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Back here at State Farm Stadium, practice will get started in a little over an hour. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now is Paul Calvisi. Paulie, what's going on? Enjoying the Top Gun music there. You know, fitting, right? Cardinals getting on a flight this week. It's on to Cincinnati, gentlemen. On to Cincinnati. Now, Paulie, what would be the one thing you really are looking for, first and foremost, on Friday night, when they actually put the silks on and play a preseason game? Well, let's see. How much time do we have in this segment? Well, we've got about, I don't know, eight minutes, Paul. I'd say Zayvon Collins, Wolf. That's see, where I'd start. Paulie, and you, why do you say that, Paulie? Because I agree with you 100%. Why? Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter if he's in command necessarily wearing the green dot, which he might be. You know, I heard something interesting recently that the Rams last year used at least four different players calling the defense. That four different guys over the course of last season for the world champion Rams were wearing the green dot. So I really not concerned with any of that. I'm more concerned with whether he shows hesitation once the ball is snapped, whether he can make some of these pre-snap reads, whether he can read and react, whether he can be instinctive, whether he can use the 6'4", 250 and all the athleticism, whether it's going to do him some good if he can actually be in the right place at the right time. And Wolf, have we not seen signs of encouragement? Did we not hear Nick Vigil on Saturday say that Zabin, from all accounts from what he's hearing, is way ahead of where he was last year by leaps and bounds. So hopefully that bodes well starting Friday night, even though I expect most starters to be on the sideline, especially since it's artificial turf in the natty. Talking to Paul Calvisi, uh, Paulie, we had the red-white practice over the weekend. Kyler Murray was out there signing autographs for a good hour or so afterwards. It was a sellout. Uh, It just seemed like the fan base, it's been a long offseason, even though they made the playoffs last year, but frustrating end of last year, a lot of drama this offseason. You get the sense that the fan base is like, all right, let's, let's get to some actual football now. We're ready. Yeah, you know, people don't come to sports 
to get all this off-field drama, right? Mm-hmm. Sports is supposed to be an escape. We're coming to sports for the sports. Let, you know, let's play ball. Let's talk about guys playing ball. They don't want to talk about the dollar signs and any other contract squabbles or stuff beyond, okay? You, you can leave that for, look, when a team is leading a sports cast and leading a newscast, Usually not good. So let's just get back to being in the sports cast and playing some football and talking strictly about that. And you know what? I'd say there's plenty to look forward to these next three practices. Why? Because Kyler Murray is back, and he'll be joined by Hollywood Brown. So let's get a look at that. Marco Wilson is going to return to practice today from all accounts. And Mm. let's see. Last we heard his name coming up, it was unprompted by the head coach. And he was put on a form of blast, was he not, that the head coach needed to see more out of Marco Wilson. So I think there'll be a lot of eyes in number 20 today, both on Saturday night as well. In fact, you want to talk about the cornerback position and what we're looking forward to seeing. You know, Friday night in Cincinnati, definitely looking at Josh Jackson. Yeah, does he stand the next test? What is? I think they're going to use this first game. They're going to get a real assessment of that corner position, and then they're going to decide, all right, are we willing to go after some of these fairly prominent veteran names that are still on the market who I presume are still holding out for some serious cash and based on the result against the Bengals even minus Joe Burrow they're going to get an assessment whether they're going to have to spend accordingly to bolster that cornerback room we're talking to Paul my hair is the texture of a goalpost Calvisi here on the Wolf done and so Rich well right for here. five minutes Paul I talk a little bit about the offensive line and the development of the offensive line and what do you think that looks like from a depth perspective well, first off, you know, we heard the word nasty from uh, Sean Kugler on Saturday in regards to Will Hernandez. I mean, the only thing nastier in cards camp so far has been the pair of camo shorts that Wolf has been wearing basically <laughs> since 2004. If you're scoring at home, Wolf has been wearing the same pair of camo shorts to Cardinals camp since 2004. Knock it off. In fact, when, when, Larry tack- when Larry tackled Wolf, I'm surprised he didn't get like some sort of, you know, skin uh, you know, infection <laughs> just based on contact with Wolf's shorts, which nobody will get near. As for the depth on the offensive line, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the big question is Lasita Smith is if he truly could be counted on to be a backup center, then I wonder what the status of a Sean Harlow might be. Mm. But as as Sean Kugler mentioned in the press conference, and we've all witnessed during the open practices, um, it can be a sawed-off shotgun of, of snaps from from Lasita Smith so far as a guy playing that position for the first time. So, But I tell you, and I've said this before, right guard last year was a liability. I, I don't think there was nearly enough attention paid to just how poor the play was there, how much I think it got in the head of Kyler Murray and rattled him, especially in some big games, especially those last two games against the Rams. Right There was the, the primetime game in week 14 where Aaron Donald had what? You know, 15 pressures, something absurd. Oh. He had a season's worth of pressures in a single game and then we all saw the wrecking ball he was into in the playoff game. So you got to figure that out. Will Hernandez is the guy especially in light of the injury to Justin Murray. And then the comments about Josh Jones, very interesting. Do we not talk all offseason guys about how, look, he's not a guard. He's yeah. a tackle. 
Sean Kugler finally confirmed yeah. as much on Saturday. The just question is, okay, where is he tracking? Can he really provide some competition maybe against a Calvin Beecham? I don't think yet, but I'm guessing he'll get a lot of reps on Friday night. All right, Paulie, you can't uh, you can't say Hollywood Brown or Rondale Moore is the answer to this question, but no Hopkins the first six weeks and Antoine Wesley hurt right now. So as far as other receivers, is there anybody that has caught your eye or, or might catch your eye this week? Greg Dortch. In fact, I would say in the team session on Saturday, he made a heck of a catch down the side. Jared Garantano, I thought, made a heck of a play. Vansos have dialed up. It was like a seven-man blitz. He brought the house. Garantano actually bought time, sprinted to his right. Just when he thought he was going to throw it away or maybe step out of bounds, he rifled a ball down the sideline, and Dorch snagged it, toe-tapped the sideline. And I'm like, wow, okay. To me, that was the one play that stood out from Saturday in front of the fans. And and Dorch has made a lot of plays. I've yet, knock on wood, seen him drop a ball. And and he, he lets the defense hear about it. He's got supreme confidence. He was a guy that made a lot of guys look stupid on scout team last year. So when he did get some reps towards the end of last season, he's sort of like an Eno Benjamin. Everybody pulls for him on the sideline. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely room to crack the final 53 if you're number 83, Greg Dorch. We're talking to Cardinals sideline reporter Paul Brillopad, Calvisi here on the Wolf and Luke Show. Paulie, talk a little bit about Eno Benjamin because I'm hearing an awful lot on Eno Benjamin and the whispers surrounding him. What have you seen from Eno? Wolf, you just can't say you're hearing stuff in whispers <laughs> without defining it. What are you hearing, Wolf? What do you mean, what am I hearing? You know, Benjamin is a guy that is in the mix to actually get some reps during the regular season. What are you hearing, Paul? No, uh, there's. I totally agree with that. I mean, they need someone in the mold of a Chase Edmonds. Yes, Wolf, we know you've been saying that's the comp for, for Eno Benjamin since he was drafted. I get it. Thank but you, if Paul. you look if you look at the myriad reasons why the Cardinals down the stretch, you know, stumbled and fumbled their way to losing five out of the last six, the fact they didn't have their two running backs healthy at the same time over the second half of the season save one game, I think that was a big reason. They didn't have that one two punch back there. Now, could it be Daryl Williams? Sure. Uh, he had a lot of confidence going to the podium last week. He said, I don't care what the system is. Give me the ball. I'm going to make a play. So you love that supreme confidence. But what I thought maybe was some gamesmanship from the head coach sort of, you know, pumping up the value of Anino Benjamin in case maybe they wanted to deal him in the offseason. I've also heard Cliff Kingsbury praise Eno Benjamin off the record just, and so you realize, no, it's legit. Right. It's real. Uh, and, and I'm guessing he'll get plenty of touches. And again, now that he's not in the doghouse where he spent the first two years because A, I don't think he had a complete mastery of the playbook. The focus wasn't there. And then B, he was a liability in pass pro. He's resolved those issues. And, and for that reason, yeah, it's legit. And I think they're going to monitor the carries from James Conner during the regular season more than last year. And there is going to be more of a rotation, ideally, to keep James Conner healthy for December and January football. Paulie, this was relatively professional by all of us for the entire segment. Thanks for joining us, man. <laughs> is again, it over already? Oh, my goodness. Yes, we're game, very late to break. Paulie, you game focus. Like, you know what, uh, see, I, I don't, well, Luke, I don't have time for Wolf. Again, I'm on to Cincinnati. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are on to Cincinnati. I'm ripping you the next time you come on, Paul. Uh, you'll rip we him when no he's time. not even here. You did that last time. All right, when we come back, if one thing holds the Cardinals back in 2022, What's it going to be? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Taking off into the 2022 season, the Cardinals are hoping to soar like never before. On the edge, it's Marcus Golden. Call sign, junk. The junkyard dog, Marcus Golden. It feel good to be here, man, and still be playing the game. Holding down the D-line is J.J. Watt. Call sign, three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. I'm fortunate. I'm in the best job in the world. I get to come with 90 of my best buddies every day and practice football. I mean, it's awesome. And covering the defensive backfield, Buddha Baker. Call sign, Buddha. I hold myself to a very high standard, and I try to be the best each and every day. Hopefully on the field, it shows each and every year. Picked off by Buddha. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Stadium, and uh, I know we just had that ramp up for football talk, and we're going to get into it. But I, I do want to make sure everybody saw the tweet from Shams about uh, within the last twenty minutes or so. What do you make of this? Okay, all right. This is from Shams. Sources: Kevin Durant informed Joe side that he does not have faith in the Nets' direction. The meeting was described as transparent and professional, with a clear message: keep me or the GM and coach. Oh, man. Let's see. Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Keep me or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. And you know what? I used to like Kevin Durant. I did. I used to like him. Now, you've got him to make. I, I love Steve Nash. You know that. Steve I, you Nash know, listen, just got there. I, I, I know that. What? Two, 2020. It, I think it's a matter of yeah. fact. Yeah. It was okay. Well, listen. Um... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what Steve Nash is saying to him, but it just seems like this tempered tantrum going on with Kevin Durant right now. That's how did Steve Nash offend Kevin Durant? I, Sean Marks as well. I, I just it just seems like somebody's sucking his thumb and he's not going to take it out until he gets his way. Yeah, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. I know from the outside looking in, you would expect Kevin Durant to want out because we've got Ben Simmons who never plays. I know he's close with Kyrie, but I would think that's kind of a that's got to get exhausting at times. I don't know if Kyrie can play tonight because I don't know what city we're playing in. I don't know if Kyrie's going to give me a bad mood. I don't know. Whatever's going on, the one, two things, and we're going to get to football here. We're going to get back into this later on in the show, though. With Durant, with him, it, it, that tweet from Shams. It's basically what I was asking for last week for that meeting between Durant and, and Josiah to not go very well. Yeah, I just blew right over that because of the names involved. But but and the, what he asked the clear message was not get me to Phoenix. The clear message was keep me or the GM and the coach. And also, if I'm the GM, wouldn't you be trading him like right now? I mean, it's basically well, yeah, but, uh, basically I mean, trade I'm, Kevin Durant, or you don't well, have a job. But of course, you're not going to be able to do that without the blessing of Josiah. You're not going to be able to do that. You know that. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't go to Josiah and be like, okay, yeah, here's what I picked up lunch today. Yeah, uh, your car looks like you might want to get it cleaned. I traded Kevin Durant, by the way. You care <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's not going to happen right there. But um, look, so right now the question is, Joe, <laughs> how do you feel about your general manager, and how do you feel about your head coach? How do you that's, feel about your player making a demand like that? the question right there, because once you cross that line, you're done. 
any player is going to be able to go ahead and hold you hostage if, in fact, you're going to allow this. It, it, to me, you know what? Rejoice. And maybe Kevin Durant, to his credit, maybe he knew this. Maybe he knew. You know maybe what? This I, is I strategy. Know, this is a bridge too far right here for me to say. You know what? Steve Nash. It's Steve Nash, and it's Sean Marks. I don't like those guys, and you know what? It's them or me, because maybe I know you really like those guys a lot. It's them or me, and that's going to get me out of here. Well, maybe Steve maybe. Nash can do the Suns one more favor and be the reason Kevin Durant leaves. <laughs> How everyone look at it. I will say this, too. Is it possible that Kevin Durant said that? Okay, it's me or the GM and the coach. And he also said, and I really want to go to Phoenix, because if he said that last part, I'm not saying he did, but if he did, it wouldn't come out. Like, why would Joe Sy say, and also he really wants to go to Phoenix, that's all we can trade him to? Oh, of course. He wouldn't say that. He would not say that. You're right. Correct. All right. uh, Back to football. There's a couple things uh, on ESPN here. One of them is the, just quick, highest paid NFL players tracking most money guaranteed per year at every position. Kyler Murray is number two at quarterback for highest three-year APY and uh, total guaranteed money. So just be ready for that. All right, good. That's the world we live in now. And then also ESPN did a thing where they went through their 14 teams that they think have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. Okay. And the Cardinals are one of them. And when looking at their biggest um, Achilles heel, they called it, they say corner. Okay. I think that's about where we are. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's where there's the most question right now. Speaking of questions, is it hard for you to focus on this after that? Yes, that it tweet is. That right there? It is. This is it's, very, I, I, it's hard for me to focus on look, anything right I, I now. I can't do it right now. I'm sitting here thinking we need to psychoanalyze this. Like, well, we're what going does this, to. What does this mean? We're going to be talking Joe a lot about Sy. that. What does this mean? You just had Kevin Durant say that. Okay, that you had the meeting. This is great. The fulcrum meeting. The meeting actually did happen, happen at least. It yes. happened. That was something we both wanted to see. We wanted to see that meeting happen because it was a tipping point. It would have been a fulcrum. It would have been a, you know, listen, Josiah is probably selling. He's selling to him, and suddenly he finds out it's Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Where's your selling point after that? It's gone. What does that mean? What, what, what would Kevin, did Kevin Durant know that? Did Kevin Durant know that was a bridge too far? Did he know that? And that's why he said it, hoping to get out. I'm trying to, I'm sorry, it's hard for me to focus no, I'm on with anything you, man. else right now. <laughs> Seriously. That's psychoanalyzing that's, what that means. Well, because it raises a lot of questions. Like, this is, that, that's not a good meeting if you are a Brooklyn fan. There's, there's no way you look at Correct. that and be like, okay, yeah, you know, he sat down with him and, and, or whatever, however he talked to him. And Kevin Durant was like, ah, you know what? Now that we're talking, I, you know, I've, I've kind of had some time and I, and I want to come back. Like, if you are a Nets fan, I'm just trying to put myself in that position. And I'm like, okay, I want this meeting to go well. So Durant comes back and Joe Sy, if he has to sell him on, on staying in Brooklyn, <laughs> or Durant makes Joe Sy believe, like, yeah, okay, this guy wants to be here. I didn't get any of that. No. This is bad. If you are a Brooklyn Nat and you are hold, holding out hopes of, hey, Kevin Durant is This is bad. But it's good for us, potentially. It's good for somebody that isn't Brooklyn, I think. No. It's, to me, there's no way. There, there's, can you imagine right now if, in fact, if, in fact, Kevin Durant did demand, make that demand right there, and you're Sean Marks and you're Steve Nash, how are you going to coach him? You can't. How, I mean, if, if Joe Sy is going to stay with you, how how are you going to coach Kevin Durant from that point forward? You can't. 
Sean chance. Marks, what, what? You gotta be kidding who, me! Who, I mean, think about this even on another level. Okay, well, you know, how do we know? Like, who leaked this story? Well, either Kevin Durant or the owner. Right? Who who else would leak that that's what his demand was unless there was some other third person randomly in the room? Okay. But if there was, Kevin Durant why, and the owner know who it was. Why, why do you think? Why do you think that it'd be more owner, more Brooklyn Nets than Kevin Durant? Why would that be? Why? Because you know what? He didn't add only to Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> okay? I mean, that that's why. To me, if in fact Phoenix was in there in any conversation they had whatsoever, and I want to play for Phoenix, it's me or you know, whatever it may be. It's me or these guys. Whatever it is, the Nets don't want that out because they want leverage to be able to trade Kevin Durant to wherever he wants to go. If that's Phoenix, that's great. But they want you to think, Phoenix, that, oh, they have options. We could trade him anywhere, right? I mean, it's a tough situation. Yeah, it is. It is truly, it is a tough situation right now. But here's the one thing we know. There's no way Kevin Durant is going to be coached by Steve Nash. And there's no way that Sean Marks is going to be the general manager with Kevin Durant. Correct? Which makes me believe that even if Brooklyn keeps Durant, you got to blow out your coach and your GM. Do you really think Durant's staying there all four years of this deal? I mean, that, that's the thing you have to weigh if no you're Joe Sy. You have to look at that and say, okay, but is this only going to be for a year and we're going to deal for, with all this again in a year? If Kyrie leaves, if Kyrie even lasts a year, like, there's got to be a, a breaking point. I'm not saying I would have it. I'd, I'd rather keep as much talent as possible around. But there's got to be a point where Joe Sy looks and says, you know what? Maybe we just go out and get everything we can for these guys and we start over. Yes. But not start over, like, at the bottom. You could start over as, as a playoff team, really. Uh, all right. I promise we'll get back into the cornerback position. You know how we're going to do it. We're just going to talk to Marco Wilson in, like, 15 minutes That's so he can awesome. give us some insight. When we come back, though, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.